Bald and blonde. Welcome to the Mindset Evolution Podcast. Hear about tips, tricks, skills, tools, inspiration, mental hygiene. Know what you want and how to create what you desire to achieve predictable results and create a content life wherever you are. And here are your hosts, Kathy Tate and Daisy Pup. And hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Bald and Blonde Mindset Evolution, where we give you tools for a powerful mind. And it is episode 100, and we are super excited to reach this milestone with all of our listeners around the world in 67 countries. Well, I'm Kathy Tate, the Bald Warrior from Australia, and my partner, Daisy Pat from the Florida Keys. Hi, Daisy. Hi, Kathy. Yes, big celebration, country number 67. Thank you so much, dear listeners. Thank you so much. With your help and the word of mouth, we are able to reach and celebrate not only 100 episodes, but also listeners in 67 countries, because this is just phenomenal. And I'm so grateful. And my heart jumps up and down during its beating, because this is just lovely. I am so grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you to every single ear out there. Thank you. Absolutely. And we'd love you to keep sharing our podcast with your family and friends and colleagues because we know it will help you have happier, healthier, more contented lives. Please do continue to support us so we can stay ad-free. We very much appreciate that support. And we have exclusive video content just for you guys who do support us. We're very excited about that as well. And today we're going to talk about a really great topic Daisy that I've come up with <laughs> and it is whose stories do you tell? Good one. It's a very good question. It certainly is. Well, thank you for throwing that at me. I wonder if it is truly plural or if it is singular, <laughs> if it is whose story do you tell or whose stories and it really doesn't matter if it's singular or plural, but I'd like to share a little bit from my own praxis because I think that many of our listeners, including myself, can find themselves in one of these stories. I work with clients from all walks of life, male, female, all continents, young, old, widowed, married, divorced, single. And what I'm experiencing in my praxis is that people oftentimes are storytellers, and especially those who have been in therapy before, and then they reach out to me. They're used to tell the same old story over and over and over again. It's almost like a broken disc. And I wonder oftentimes, so if that would have helped them, would they have ended up with me? And clearly the answer is not. So nowadays when clients call me and they share with me that they're reaching out and that they were experiencing and participating in therapy before, traditional therapy, I share with them up front that if they are looking for someone listening to their storytelling, they call the wrong number. And usually amongst the storytellers, there is silence. And then a big question mark that I believe hearing through their silence and breathing. And I share with them, look, I'm solution oriented. 
you probably suffered long enough and I'm not going to enable you suffering more and longer. When you choose to make changes, then you call the right number. And I mean that in an absolutely humble way, because repeating any old story will not solve the roots that caused the old story humbly. So I think today. Yes, I completely agree, which is why I wanted to talk about this. And just quickly, I'm going to jump to the plural, non-plural, because <laughs> although <laughs> singularly we probably only have one story at a time, I do believe it's quite common to have multiple stories mm. that we tell ourselves for whatever reason that might be, whether it's to make ourselves feel better or some of us can get stuck in like victim mode. You get used to that and it gets quite comfortable. And so you stay there. And by repeating these stories to yourself, you're keeping yourself there. And I know myself, I was certainly living a story that society told me for many years. And it wasn't until I felt strong enough to face that fear of what society would react to me and move through that, that I cast off that old story. And on the other side of it was the best freedom I've ever felt in my life. And I kick myself that I didn't do it 30 years earlier, but I think that's probably all part of the process. And perhaps I was meant to go through it for a long time to motivate me to do what I do today. Anyway, so I think that we can have multiple stories, perhaps there's people that only have one, but I think that the crux of this is that they don't need to be our stories. We can take our power back and change them anytime we choose. Hmm. <laughs> well, if I understand you correctly and I heard correctly, here's what I heard you say, that we can choose if it is our story or not. Did I hear that correctly? Yes. Well, yes. I'd like to add something in here. Let's speak about rats. Hmm? Rats, because there are many experiments done in labs with rats when it comes to memory and inheriting trauma. And some trauma is not my story, but the story expresses itself through me. Hmm? So in order for me, not being a rat, obviously, I'm still affected through many things that impressed me. Not, oh, this is impressive. No, 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 no. I'm referring to something that left a mark or a dent within me. So a pressure from somewhere else or someone else left a mark within me. And maybe there, whomever they are, their experience now may still express itself through me although it was never my story. I wonder if I'm clear enough and if you can follow. I believe I follow. I believe that when I say choice, at the other end of the story is how you react and whether you believe it within yourself to be true and whether you take that on as part of how you act yourself. I'm going to use myself as an example because Obviously, that's usually what I speak about is my own experience. When society told me that bald was ugly and I was a freak, I believed it because I was a child. Mm -hmm. And then people's actions reiterated that belief 
by how they treated me or how they acted towards me. Now, how I react to that is another story entirely, and that is my choice, and that is what I was getting at. Mm -hmm. I'm 100% with you. Great example. Now, let's have a look where the belief came from or where the story, baldness equals freaky, where did it come from? Those who judged or misjudged you, was it their own judgment or was it someone else's judgment that worked its way through them expressing themselves based on an impression that happened maybe 500 years ago, 50 years ago? hundred years ago. So whose story did they tell you? I think that is where social norms come in because these stories become so big within our societies that everybody starts to believe them. It's almost like we're brainwashed into believing certain things and then everybody thinks that's the truth and so therefore they act in a certain way and judge you in a certain way whether that's actually the reality or not. Now, nowadays, I don't care if somebody associates baldness with freakiness because I'm proud to be unique and to stand up for being different and to show others that social norms don't need to rule the way you think and shouldn't push us to judge others. But in my scenario, I do believe that social norm itself that would have developed over many years and many generations within our culture, my culture, which is the Western, white, Anglo-Saxon culture, I guess I was born into and brought up in. But I know it exists in other cultures too. And so that social norm became, there's an expression, bigger than Ben-Hur. And so people don't even realise perhaps that they're doing it because they have been brought up and conditioned to the social norm. And then in other cases, it's an individual judgment. And it may not come from a social norm. It may just come from one person being taught something very specific within their family, their belief systems within that smaller unit. And then it goes on from there. So I think it can come to you in different ways. And maybe... Maybe that doesn't matter. Maybe the real power is in deciding how you react and whether you're going to let it interfere with who you want to be and what your values are and how you act yourself. I believe that values are very important. Only when I'm aware of my values, I can integrate them into everyday life. That's one part. I'd like to go back to what I heard you say, brainwashed. Well, let's take our power back and become self-thinkers again, not remotely controlled thinkers that think others' thoughts, because who am I depends on how I behave. The very first episode that we released almost two years ago, I am how I behave. But when I go to the roots, where does my behavior stem from requires, so I humbly believe, <laughs> So I humbly think because believing means not knowing. So I take that back. I think today that going to the roots is very helpful to become a self-thinker again. Now, you taking your power back and saying, well, you choose to no longer be impressed hmm, by other people's impression of you. Hmm? 
So no matter where there, thinking came from in this equation, baldness equals freaky. It's only true to you when you participate. When you stop participating, you stop feeding it. I had a great conversation recently with a psychotherapist in Germany. And during our conversation, we both giggled. We giggled about that no one can insult us and how rare it was that two humans meet that both state that no one insults me. Why? Because I don't participate. I leave the insulter sitting and brewing in their own cup of soup or bowl of soup because them insulting me has nothing to do with me. No one today can insult me. Anyone who would say, but Daisy, you're a German-born, blonde, stupid female. Yes, tell me more. I would even encourage them to tell me more because it tells me all about them and what's within them and what value systems they live by, what they made their standards. Has nothing to do with me. Yes, and it's interesting how often people project that onto others. What particularly? Their own values and standards. Mm -hmm. They project that onto other people. This is something that I actually learned very early with my first toxic partner, that he would accuse me of doing certain things that I was not doing. Mm -hmm. But that made me realise that he probably was. And that is why his mind went straight there and projected that onto me. Okay. A very good point. Good example. Probably many listeners can relate to what you just shared. Well, again, which story did he tell when he accused you? Was it something he was actively participating in? Meaning he accuses you, let's say you stole the A hmm? and you didn't. So actively would mean that he once stole an A or he steals A's, or he witnessed that scenario B passively. Someone did it to him, or he observed others doing it to someone. And mm. scenario C is that's inherited. Whose story did he tell? You see how quickly, I humbly observe, you mentioned that probably he accused me of something he was doing. Well, he accused you of something that was working itself through him towards you. Where it came from is a different story. Hmm. I like to go to the roots. I sometimes make jokes and I say, probably if I were a dentist, which I'm not, if I were a dentist, I probably would be a Ruth Canal specialist because I would go to the roots and fix the problem there hmm? and investigate even deeper where did the problem at all stem from, maybe even before the root got ill. So I'd like to take a short detour. Let's speak about energy. Energy comes from nowhere and goes nowhere. So it can be transformed and steered. It cannot be annulled or deleted. Let's say I experienced a cheater in my life and I was on the receiving end so someone cheated me or cheated on me or deceited me. What do I do with that energy that happened to me? So it will not 
be expressed further through me in no shape and form. I must either transform it or steer it in a different direction, no matter where it came from. Or I will end up a cheater or an accuser of cheaters. You know what? I just had this mental vision of a mirror to deflect the energy back at the person. Well, I know of some groups who like to do that. I very much disagree because that only sends it back. Where's the transformation? But it's their energy, not yours. Is it up to us to transform their energy? I humbly think that my responsibility is not what they do with the energy. But the moment I'm involved, it is my responsibility, what I do with it. And I'm not going to participate in sending anything back without me purifying it before I send it back to its origin. Because the sender, let's say in this case that you mentioned before, your ex who was abusive, the energy wasn't generated in him. It came from somewhere long before that energy of abuse expressed itself through him. So when I send it back to him, how is that a solution? But when I say, okay, I understand I'm the receiver, I take full responsibility, and I send it back through the sender in a purified form back to its origin, I believe that's a more effective way of transforming and steering energy. So practically, how would you do that? And not just, I've got to say here that you're fairly advanced in helping others with things like this and certainly living it. So we might need to just simplify it a little bit for the rest of us. Okay. To simplify it, I developed an app. It's called Inverse. It's free. People can download it. There is a short description on the websites. You can go and download a free PDF. Or just read it there online. It's for free on the www.baldandblonde.life website or the www.daisypap.com website or on the www.selfrecoding.com website. And you will get an outline how you can use the app to transform existing energies so they no longer will be harmful to anyone. And if you want to know more on the websites that I just mentioned before, there are courses. You can participate on your own pace or you can sign up for a workshop where I also always do live Q&As, questions and answers. But let me go back to whose story do you tell? We did an episode on the two wolves, which I really like. It's one of my favorite episodes. Because it shows clearly that the wolf we are feeding becomes stronger. And let's say where there are wolves howling at me. And let's say I take a mirror and I send that back to them. Who's getting stronger? The wolf. And I do no longer participate or enable neither myself nor others to feed the wolf. That actually would be better for humanity to starve and become smaller and smaller. I understand. So we need to, instead of deflecting the energy back at its source, we need to transform it into something that is purified. More pure. Because we do both believe that love is the answer to building a better humanity and better societies. And I certainly know we're not alone in that belief. And to me, that would be a part of love is pure energy. 
Well, many energies can be pure. Pure hatred is also pure. Well, when I say pure, it has a very positive connotation, but you're right. Pure poison. Yes. I mean, it's pure, still poison. Mm. And I agree. Yes, love is the answer. So I humbly think, and it requires practice. Making it a priority is the way to go, I believe. And I said it again, believe I'm practicing to use it less and less. I think one of the key steps within this sort of process would be not taking it personally. And that then is going to make it easier for you to not enable or participate. Would you agree with that? Yeah, 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 yeah. You really hit the nail on the head. Nevertheless, I believe we're opening up a whole new territory, which probably requires a series of episodes, because now I feel we're going into the law of resonance. Yes, that's certainly and most probably a salon talk video right there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready when you are. Let's go and move over to the salon. And let's do a salon talk. However, we did do an episode on not taking it personally. So our listeners can go jump over to that and have a listen so you understand where we're coming from when I interject that into the middle of this. Yes. Let me give you a picture. I use it frequently with clients. Usually behind my back on the side, I have a beautiful orchid, which is blooming and healthy. And I like to take this orchid and bring it in front of the camera so my clients can describe it to me. And I share with them, so what do you see? Please describe to me what you see. And for example, maybe someone may say, well, this is beautiful. It's healthy. It has this many blossoms, has a tall stem that's relatively straight. It is sitting in a gray pot or in a white pot, depending on the season, which orchid is blooming that can move into my office at the time. And it has beautiful green leaves and it almost looks unreal. And I say, great, thank you for sharing how you perceive this orchid. And this is an experiment and please don't worry, the orchid knows what I'm up to do. Let me describe the same orchid. And then I go off and open my toolbox of certain discriminations against orchids. And I say, this is stupid. This is a dust collector. It's useless. It's worthless. And look at it. And I wonder who is so idiotic to even invest in one of those or even surrounds themselves with one of those. And then my clients usually are shocked because they know me as a polite and kind human being based on their prior experience. And then I ask them a simple question. And I say to them, look at the orchid again. And tell me, did it change? And they must admit the fact that it didn't. No matter what they said about the orchid and no matter what I said about the orchid and no matter how the two opinions or descriptions differ, the orchid just remains the orchid. Now, when you call me a stupid German cow, do I really turn stupid? Do I really turn into a cow? And if so, please show me. I hope not. Well, (laughs) never happened before, so I have faith (laughs) that it will not, in case you would call me a stupid German cow. So therefore, what you say are your words, energy expressed through you, and it's your responsibility what you do with any energy that's within you and how you express it into this world. Because then it's your story and not anybody else's. Then it's no longer society's story 
or the anti-orchid lovers story mm? or the anti-German blondes story. Because look, I share freely. I admit I did not choose to be born in Germany. I did not choose the count of my skin pigmentation and I did not choose my eye color. Mm? Therefore, if you believe that being German means stupid, then you have a problem. I don't. I only have a problem when I participate in your problem because then we both have a problem. But I choose freely. I take my power back. I'm a self-thinker and I recognize that your problem is yours and I can feel compassion with you having this particular problem and I still can remain a non-participant in your problem. That's how simple the formula is for not taking it personally. Now, when I take it personally, what is the root cause of that? What is it within me that resonates? Or what is it that I give my power away and give you and your word so much value that it would overwrite the value of my own opinion of myself based on my consistent behavior? Yes, it seems to me that all of this comes back to your own set of values. Absolutely agreed. Mm. When my values are confused, all my results will be confused. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. It took me years to figure that out. Same here. <laughs> and to sit in that and decide what my values were, what was important to me. And I don't know that we're taught to do that very young. And I think we should be. I think it is so important. I think it's foundational to everything else. And it seems to me that if we could get that bit right, there'd be a lot less other stuff going wrong. There you go. I 100% agree with you because, again, it's about the root. When I focus on the fruit of my tree and I don't care for the root, what happens to my fruit in the present and in the future? Absolutely. Therefore, let's go to the roots, basics, foundation. That is why I'm committed to bring basics to the attention of many. And then they can choose, do I like this or not? Do I want to participate in this or not? Do I want to think about it or not? Do I want to invest in at all considering this topic or if there's any value in it? Do I feel inspired having a deeper look? It's their responsibility, but I feel it's my responsibility to offer the knowledge and then others can be free thinkers and free doers to have a peek and then decide what value it brings to their everyday life. Because when I just sit here and look at the fruits of my tree and I never look at the roots, I can put as much fertilizer and as much genetically modified this and that and who knows the whole nine yards what I feed the roots will show up at the end. And I'm the one harvesting. Well, I do believe it's a good idea to have a look at the roots and care for those. 100% agree with that, Daisy. And I think that is a really good conversation and something that will start our listeners thinking about their stories. That's right. And only because your grandfather experienced the story and may still experience it, in his own relived memories to this day, doesn't mean it must be your story. You can clarify that you're not participating in his story and keep the love without 
participating in the expression of the original energy that expresses itself maybe after 50 years or 100 years or 80 years after his, my grandfather's specific experience. I can respect him and his expressions and love him dearly without ever participating in his story. Yes, and I would second that for social norms. I believe that they are super influential because we just blindingly accept that they are true. And so I would encourage all of you to have a look at the social norms in your community and your society and then decide for yourself if you want to participate in them. Mm -hmm. Exactly. If you continue feeding those elements in your life that are not fruitful in your life, every single one of us is responsible. Meaning the ability to choose how to respond lies in every single one of us. 100%. And so there you go, dear listeners. That's this week's tools for your powerful mind. We are Bold and Blonde. Mindset Evolution. Talk to you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Bald and Blonde Mindset Evolution podcast. If you love what you're hearing, please subscribe to our podcast. In our show notes, you'll find the link to our Facebook group where you can personally connect with Daisy and Kathy, and the link to our website where you can find all of our previous episodes and much more of goodies so you can get more value. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. That really helps out the show and helps us to get some powerful feedback from you. Talk to you soon.